Come on, man. Isn't that a great update? Let's give them a big hand. Super awesome. Well, man, I'm excited to be with you this morning. If you're new to Luminous, welcome. My name is Ben Chapman. I have the opportunity to be the lead pastor here and just excited to share God's word with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5. That's where we're going to be in just a moment. Matthew chapter 5 is where we will find ourselves, and, and, uh, and we're going to be in a, a couple of different verses as well this morning as we just expound on God's Word, but I want to I highlight just a couple of things that we're in right now as a season of our church, and one of those things is just believing God that, that we have an acre of land on UTSA Boulevard where he has carved out and allowed us to buy this property at a, just a supernatural price. And on that acre of land, we are looking to build about a 15,000 square foot building with a joint parking with chicken pickle right next door. And this is our Light the World campaign. And so this is a series about us lighting the world as individuals, as Christ followers in our city and beyond. But it's also a series based on this particular, this particular um, campaign that I'm excited to announce. And I want to share just a couple of things this morning about it. First off is I want to thank Morgan Stevens. I want to thank all these other churches that have been just sharing their faith stories with us. How many of you know that sometimes you need to hear somebody else's story to have faith for yourself? How many of you know that's true? Like, I need to know that somebody actually made it in their marriage. I need to know that somebody made it in their career path. I need to know that you can follow God and not compromise. And at the end of your life, you know it's going to work out. And, and it's people who've gone before us that pave the way, that show us how to do that. I'm, I'm excited for that. And today we have a baptism right after service. Brandon's getting baptized. I'm excited. And, and, and Brandon's going public about the faith that Jesus has done in his life outwardly through water baptism. He's, he's leading the way because that's going to give courage to say, you know what? He's obeying Jesus. I want to obey Jesus too. This is what happens in a faith community, in a community of Christians, is that when you hear stories about what God is doing, it gives you faith to believe for yourself as well. And faith to believe for your family members, faith to believe for your friends, faith to believe for your neighborhood and for your city. And this is what these churches have done. Every week we've shown a video saying, you can do it, Luminous. God's done it for us. He's going to do it for you. And I just believe that he's going to do that. Amen. So what does this look like for Luminous Church? Well, if you're new with us, this would not apply to you. But if you call Luminous home, this is our campaign card. And next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday, we have our Ignite Gift Sunday where we will bring all of our pledge cards to the front and we're going to pray over these and bless these and we're just asking that God would provide supernaturally and there's a couple of different ways on this rack card that you can look at and to, to on how to give. Um, first off, you can put your information right there. And then on the back of the card, it's just um, just a couple of things. Like if I if I gave if I gave up one meal weekly, what would that include? Right. Doesn't every pledge start like that? If I gave up just Starbucks every day, then what? could my gift do? And so it would be multiplied in a great way. I think there's a do you have the back of that card, James. Great, thank you. And so, so this would just show you a tier of how that would work. And then, and then down at the bottom, you'll see a, a Kickstart Ignite donation. So how many know when building a project is that sometimes you need cash up front? And so 
We're believing that next week that we'll be able to bring a one-time Ignite gift along with our monthly pledges over the next two years um, for this campaign, believing that God's going to move and show up through this. And and we're just going to trust him that he's going to do this next Sunday is when you'll bring that card in. There's been a lot of information already said about that. More to come um, this week as you begin to check your emails and stay up to date with that. But this is something that we're believing God for. And, you know, it's not going to just happen in a moment. It doesn't just happen uh, just the one time. It takes faithful giving um, by the church to do something extraordinary like that. And so we're trusting God with that. I want right now just to open up with prayer this morning. I know that sometimes we come in a little heavy laden. Uh, uh, that's a little spiritual talk right there. We come, uh, we come in uh, just with something on us. Maybe you came in with a burden. Maybe it's a business burden maybe it's a relational burden maybe maybe there's some type of fraction on you maybe you came in weary I want to just right now just as Morgan encouraged us faith for this building I I want to take an opportunity to pray for the person on your left and the person on your right and so if you would bow your head and close your eyes with me and I just I would, can we just pray a prayer of faith for those who showed up this morning. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this house. God, we thank you for what you're doing. God, how you make a theater a sanctuary. God, how you show up, Jesus, how your presence is here. Father, I'm praying, God, for, for every man, woman, and child in this place, Lord. We pray, God, if anybody came in heavy, if anybody came in with a burden, if anybody's walking in shame or condemnation, we're asking God that you would just put faith inside of them to believe the impossible and believe the victory that you paid for on the cross. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. And so, Lord Jesus, I just pray, that God, that you would lift burdens. We lay them to your feet right now in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Well, you are too comfortable this morning, right? These, these chairs just hug you. So would you stand with me as we read God's word this morning, if you're able. And we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16, our theme verse this morning as we pray. It says this, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Give somebody a high five and then you may have a seat. Come on. Well, this uh, <clears throat> three verses we've been looking at over six weeks. Three verses, how could, they, how could Jesus speak these verses to us? How could he encourage us? How could he shape us? How could he hold us? How could he encourage us? How could he move through these verses? These verses, um, as we were praying about this series and what it would be, that it wouldn't just be about a building, but it would be about a people. And we believe that the church is always a people. And God's people coming together and the, something unique about this verse stands out to us because when we were looking at the name of our church, Luminous, that name means full of light. And so we knew that our mantra was going to be to be a beacon of light into the city. 
that wherever we would go, we would shine. Wherever we would go, that Jesus' truth would be illuminated and that his ways would be illuminated in every way. This is our heartbeat, to light the world. You are the light of the world. Say, I'm the light of the world. Touch your neighbor and say, you are the light of the world. Talk to your other neighbor a little louder. You are the light of the world. Okay, all right. There you go. There you go. You know, sometimes, sometimes we just got to keep it family. You're, you're the light of the world. This, is, this was a directive not just to the, the, the people on the hill in this sermon and the crowd there, but it was a directive that, that, that expanded internationally. Jesus' mission wasn't a singular mission for just, for just the Jew, but it was for the Jew and Greek. It was, it was for the Jew and Gentile. It was for the whole world that they may come to know him. And he says that you are the light of the world. This is something that we find very, we, we take as a directive for our church that we are on mission. We are on mission as a church, and it's not one of those comfortable churches where you just come and sit back and you listen and you leave and you forget about it for a week. We're a church that believes that we are to shine every single day in every place that we step, that we're constantly beacons of light. And when Jesus made this directive to us, when he's saying this, he's saying this in verse 16 in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Good works give God glory. Good deeds give God glory in every way. And this is not just after fall or Jesus arrives on the scene. In fact, when Jesus creates man and woman in the garden and he creates Adam, you may remember in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, when Adam is placed in the garden to do what? To work. Thank you from the back. Everybody say work. When man was created, before they ate of the apple or the fruit or the dragon fruit, whatever it was that they ate of, and they disobeyed God and decided to go their own way, God gave them a directive that you are to glorify me by the work of your hands and the work that you do. That we were created for purpose. We were created to work. Did you know when God fashioned you? When he shaped you, he started putting the Father's gifts inside of you. He created your personality. He created the way that you're wired. He created everything that you would like and your propensities and all these things. He puts inside of you and he puts all these talents in, and, and he wants that. And he, if that wasn't after the fall. He did that before fall. He gave Adam so much ability, so many gifts. He gave Eve so many gifts, so many abilities. And he's given you so many gifts, so many talents, so many abilities. Some people are good with numbers. Some people are great at painting. Some people have a green thumb. Some of us do not. Like, could you not put me in the garden, Jesus? I'm just, I'm just saying. But we were created to work. This is our purpose. And as we work, let all your work be done to the glory of God. That it would be our reasonable act of worship. This is what Romans would say. That we would worship God through the work that we do. Now, some of us don't like work. I mean, is that true? <laughs> okay, a couple honest people here. Appreciate that. Some of us don't like work. We don't want to go to work. We've been waiting for AI to just keep going so that one day Elon Musk said, we don't have to work. 
Amen. Like some of us just don't want that, but God has put this inside of us. He's put work inside of us. And work is to be a beacon of light to point to God, our creator, your talents, your gifts, your abilities, everything that God has deposited inside of you. It gives God glory when you start using it, when you start doing it, when you start moving in your calling and these, these, these talents that he's given you. And to sit on them is basically to sit on God. God saying, I want you to release that. I want you to work in a way. And when people see the light, when the light of Jesus shines upon you and you start to wake up and become altogether new, all of a sudden, the things that you touch, the things that move, give glory to our Father. Now, work is also a confusing word because if you grew up in any religious setting, you may grow up in a Christian setting and said, work, I thought we didn't have to work. I thought, I thought it wasn't about works. I thought it wasn't about checklists, and I thought it wasn't about these do's and don'ts. I want to read Ephesians 2, and I want to distinguish two different things this morning that I think may be apparent to you, but if not, I hope that it illuminates something new. It says in verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. How have you been saved? By grace, through faith. By grace, what is grace? Grace is a gift. A gift that is given to you. Through faith, you have been saved. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. This is a gift. It's not your own doing. You didn't earn salvation, praise God. You can't earn it. You can't work enough. You can't do enough things. You can't do enough garden work. You can't do enough work in the workforce to be saved. It is a gift and a gift alone by God. Not a result of works, verse 9 says, so that no one may boast. Have you ever done something that you're really proud of that you're showing everybody? Have you ever developed a software? Have you ever created a painting? Have you ever sent something to Mars, David Ruggles? Have you ever done anything that you're so proud of that you want to show the whole world? And guess what? You say, look what I did. This is amazing. There are things that you do in your life that you are excited about. But the one thing that you could not do for yourself was save yourself. You couldn't save yourself. It was only God who came to you. He rescued you. He gave this gift to you. He lavished his love on you. And we are simply recipients. A gift received, right? A gift received is what we're talking about. We're recipients. Recipients. All we do is, here I am. Here I am, Jesus. And God starts to do a work in you so that no one may boast because if you earn it, you would be boasting. Look what I did. Look how great a person I am. I'm the number one Christian. I'm God's favorite fan. Yep, yep, I know what Jesus did, but I went to Jesus, you know, and, and, and all, et cetera, et cetera. I want to let you know that Jesus came to you. He rescued you, and we received. We responded. We were undone before him in verse 10, for we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. We are clay in the potter's hand, created 
in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Those who receive salvation, it's a gift. And when you receive the gift, you become a workmanship, a new creation, altogether something different, a son and daughter of the most high king. You are his. And now it's time to work. Work. Your deeds don't earn salvation, but your deeds come as a result of salvation in your life. That because God has redeemed us and changed us and shaped us, because he has moved inside of us, now the things that we put our hands to now begin to give testimony of who God is. Faith without works, James would say, is dead. Faith without works is dead. Faith doesn't earn salvation. I mean, works doesn't earn salvation. Works doesn't earn salvation. Faith, receiving, the deeds done are deeds proving to the fruit of what you have received. Of what you have received. So this is our works. This is our deeds. This is what we're doing. And we're doing it all for the glory of God. And when people see the way that you work, they will begin to glorify God alongside of you. They'll start to move in that way. Now, on Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus is talking about this in verse 16, it is on the Sermon on the Mount. And right before this, Jesus gives them an ethic of the way a Christian should behave, a Christian ethic. He starts to give them the Beatitudes. This is how a Christ follower operates. This is your life. Those who are made new in Christ look different, walk different, act different. You're altogether different. Altogether different. This is what Jesus would want for us. At first, Peter, Peter, one of the apostles, who followed Jesus, one of the disciples in his letter in chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, it says this, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage, wage war against your soul. How many of you know that there is a flesh and soul struggle in life? That when you say, Jesus, you are the lie of the world, I'm following you, I'm going to do my life according to your ways, I'm going to walk this way, but how many know that flesh is strong? How many of you got like, you know, you just, your taste buds, you know, they just sometimes dictate, you know, your life. The, 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 the pleasures in life sometimes dictate the way that you should go, and sometimes those ways are counted the ways that God wants you to go says they wage war against one another. So he says this in verse 12, encouraging the church, encouraging us luminous. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. So when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of the visitation. This is a moment where Peter is encouraging the church to act like Jesus. Wow, isn't that a novel concept? A disciple is someone who acts like Jesus. And to be my disciples is what God is calling you to do. 
to act like Jesus, to look like Jesus, to have the fragrance of Jesus, to work as Jesus would work. This is what Jesus would say. And right after his ministry, Jesus modeled what it would look like to work. He, right after he preached this, I want you in all your deeds, I want you to point to Jesus. So when they see these deeds, they give glory to the Father. And the deeds that Jesus does, what does he do? He goes and he heals the sick. He goes and turns water into wine. He goes and raises the dead to life. He goes and brings hope. He extends forgiveness of sins. He reconciles relationships. He disciples his disciples. He moves in a a way that constantly gives God glory. And it's funny. It's unique, actually. When people come up to them, they try to worship Jesus in that moment. He goes, no, this is my father. This is God. It's all pointing to him. It's all pointing to who he is, to who God is. Our work, everything that we put our hands in is to point to Jesus, to point to our father, to point to God. This is what he would want for us. This is how he would have us do it. This is this is what um, God would want us to do is constantly move in a way of working towards him, towards who he is. This affects my business decisions. This affects the way that I study at school. This affects the way that I treat my spouse. This is the way that I act when I'm single. This is the way that I act in the marketplace. Every decision that I now make is done to give God glory. This is what God wants for us. Our gifts right here that you're bringing next week. This is not for you. And ultimately, it's not for me. And ultimately, it's not for Luminous. But it's to give God glory. It's to bring God glory. It's, it's, it's what Jarvis talked about. It's just everything that we're doing, we're just conduits of his grace, of just moving and flowing and just conduits. I love being a conduit. Conduits don't have to work that hard. They just receive and let it flow through them. They just let it out. And this is what God wants for us. He wants you to be a conduit. A conduit of his love, of his grace, of who he is, that these deeds that we do, the work that we do would honor him and just give him glory in every single way. That our good works, our good works would not point to our own righteousness, but our good works would point to how righteous God is and how much he has reconciled me and redeemed me. It's amazing when you see a Christian who is working and giving everything for the glory of God, you see a life that is completely surrendered, that has completely been changed and completely renewed. I see this in you guys all the time. I see the way that you, you, you work through the hard moments of life, through the painful conversations with your children through the painful conversations in your circles and and you work through those for reconciliation because as you're working, you're giving God glory. As you're working, God is moving. As you're releasing your gifts, God is being glorified. So how do I shine, Pastor? How do I do this, Ben? How do I begin to, to just see this light? You are the light of the world. This light is shining that it would, it would start reflecting your good deeds, which give glory to God. How do I do this? We do it in all sorts of ways, don't we? I listed some, but some, some of us, we, we start wearing Jesus shirts around. You know the Jesus shirts? And, and some of us start wearing, like, like putting Jesus bumper stickers on. 
And some of us don't like those Jesus bumper stickers because we're like, man, those people are not Jesus. They're driving awful. (laughs) But the intent was, man, I want to glorify God with this car. I want to glorify God with my apparel. I want to glorify God in every single way. You know, we begin to shine and we begin to illuminate in many other ways. Many ways we just let it be known, let it be had. When, when, when I was single before I met Brandy and I, I, all I wanted to do was just give everything away. You know, I'm the type of person. It's like ADHD meets Christianity is this Ben Chapman. Boom. And all I wanted to do is give stuff away. I remember going to Scotland in 2007 on a mission trip, and I just bought this fossil watch. I was real excited about this fossil watch. I just spent a ton of money on it. Go over there, and we're ministering, and we're playing ultimate Frisbee. We're doing this outreach. Everything that we're doing for the glory of God, we're playing ultimate outreach Frisbee, and we're doing all this stuff. And met a man named Ali, a Muslim young man, and We started a conversation, started talking about God, started unfolding scripture to him and who Jesus is. And all week, all I got to do was just serve him. I just got to, I just got to do good deeds, just do good works to glorify God. That's all I got to do. It was awesome. And all he looked at my watch one day and goes, man, that watch is awesome. I go, bro, here's my watch. You can have it. He's like, no, man, I can't have it. I was like, no, you take it, take it. It's yours. And it was one of these moments of just like, man, it, I, I took Jesus literal. When he says, somebody asked for your, for, for your shirt, give them your jacket or jacket shirts, whatever. Like, just give everything you have. Just keep giving. Just keep giving just so that God would be glorified. Do all that you can do so that some may know Jesus. So some may know that's all we're doing as a church. We, we've been doing that since day one. It's like we're doing all this so that somebody would come into this theater, that they would hear the gospel, and their life would forever be changed. That's why we are here. That's what God's called us to do, to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. I carry that into my, into my, um, into my marriage, uh, Brandy. Sometimes things I'm crazy because I just want to give everything away. She's like, if you give everything away, you won't have anything. I was like, it's okay. And uh, we, we just, we just, we had that heart. Just keep giving, just keep giving, just keep giving. God called us in 2008, shortly after we were married, to get out of debt. He, he called us to get out of debt, and we just really felt like that was a call on our life of to pay off all of the credit cards and all the car payments and everything else and student loans and just, just hammer that out. And I, I remember there was this moment where, where our church there in Mid-Cities in Midland, Texas, did a campaign similar to this. They were doing a $14 million campaign. They were going to build a facility that would, that would minister to 800 kids on a weekly basis. And, and we just felt compelled, like, we need to join this campaign. We just feel like in our heart and our soul, we just need a gift. And we're talking about, but what about our, what about our debt-free plan? You know, what about that? We'll give when we're debt-free. And, and I'm not saying you should give when you're not debt-free or when you are. I don't know. But for us, we knew, like, God called us to give. And so in the middle of getting out of debt, in the middle of paying all this stuff off, we, we, we made this pledge that was a faith pledge. We prayed about it separately, you know, because we were going to see if we were spiritual or not. And we came back, and we actually came back with the same number. 
And, and, and the, the number that I got at the time came from our seven nephews and nieces that were alive. And I felt like God said, give a certain amount for each nephew and niece that you have. And just sow seed, believing that God was going to reach them. She came back with the same number, and, and she's not as pragmatic as me. So hers was more spiritual. And, and we, we, um, we brought that number, and we gave, even while we were climbing out of this, out of this debt, out of all this moment, and, and we just gave sacrificially, and we said no to so many things. Our friends went on trips, and we said no. Uh, we said no to some of the new stuff and new items, and sometimes I had to tell her no shopping. You know, that's always hard. But, but there was so much sacrifice there. And through that, God was just glorified and magnified. And God just grew us and he just shaped us. And, and what's incredible is several of my nephews and nieces actually have got, given their life to Jesus in that building. They've been baptized in that building. And God has just blessed it in a tremendous way. And I just, I just know this is when you go all in and when you say yes to God and you start moving and you start putting your hand to the plow and you start doing these things, it's all for God's work, all for his glory, all for what God wants to do. And I believe that God wants to shape us and move us and strengthen us to do this, just this same thing that he wants to, he wants to move and that he's going to be glorified through the work of our hands. Through the deeds that we do, he's going to receive glory. He's going to get glory. He's going to get praise. One last story as we close this morning. Before we go witness this baptism, I'm so excited about. This last story is this. is, You know, um, I can't portion anybody's talents. I, 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 didn't, I didn't put together anybody in this room. I didn't give you your gifts. I didn't give you your talents. I, I didn't give you your voice. I didn't give you your mind. I didn't do any of that. Um, and, and so I, I don't know what you have. I don't know what you can give to God. I don't, I don't know your financial situation. I don't know any of that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even privy to that information. But what I do know is, is that if you're just faithful, God can move through your life. And uh, I witnessed this through my, my wife's father. My father-in-law, he had a rough past, and some of you know his story, but his past was rough. He, he spent 10 years in the penitentiary. He, he made some incredible mistakes, and, and yet Jesus renewed him. Jesus showed up, and Jesus saved him, and he received the grace of God through faith in Christ alone, and was completely changed and completely redeemed, and and he didn't live the most perfect life. You know what I mean? You know, ex, ex-con, like trying to live out for Jesus. It's like sometimes it's just not the most perfect life. But what I did love about this in the last few years of his life, and he passed away a couple years ago, he, he was so excited to share Jesus with other people. And he didn't know necessarily how to articulate the gospel. He may have not known the perfect sinner's prayer. He may have not had all of his exegesis down. He may have not, um, um, he may have not deciphered scripture um, fully like, like he should. But what he did know is all that he had, he was going to give God glory. And so he went around with these baseball hats. Those <laughs> baseball hats. And Brandy, I, I, I thought a little corny. Uh, but he had these baseball hats that says, Jesus is the way. What else did it say? 
Jesus is the way, uh, light the world, uh, big crosses, and and he wore this hat all around. And any time that he wanted to love somebody, any time that he wanted to be Jesus somebody, he'd run to his truck and he'd pull out one of these hats. He is like an infinite supply of hats. And he just kept giving them out and just saying, here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. Would God get the glory? Would God be glorified? And so I want to let you know, Luminous, sometimes we don't know what to say or what to do or how to act. But all I know is, would our gifts and the works that we do and the things that come out of us bring glory to Jesus? Would the hat given, the shirt given, the money given, the deeds done, the work that we do, the way we love our wife, the way we, we father our children, all that matters. It matters. And at the end of life, we take nothing with us. Nothing. But what we do get is an inheritance. And the inheritance that we get is Jesus forever. And this is the most glorious moment. So I'm going to live my life on this earth with every deed that I do to give God glory. And I encourage us, I implore us that we would be a church that in every act that we do, that God would get the glory. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning? Maybe there was a distinction today for you that you realized like (laughs) Ephesians 2 illuminated in a way that said, man, I can't earn my place in heaven. I must receive it. And the receiving is because of what Jesus did by living a perfect life here on earth. One that you and I are void of doing. There's no way we could live perfectly. But Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, the seed of God coming and invading earth to become a man, God incarnate, Jesus walking perfectly, fully God, fully man, not compromising. Although he faced all temptation, he never ate of the apple. Although he faced all temptation, he never sinned, and he died a death that he didn't deserve because he was sinless. And he did it in exchange for a sinful people. He gave his life for your life on the cross, and he died. But by the power of God, he didn't remain dead. But three days later, he conquered death once and for all. He was resurrected as a king of kings and lord of lords. And he's offering this invitation to everyone in this room. Those who confess their sins, trust in Jesus, believe in the heart, and confess him as king will be made new with him. And on the day of resurrection, at the second coming of Christ, we'll be resurrected with him in glory. If you've never received that and you want him, today's your moment. I want Jesus. I want to trust him fully. I want all my deeds to give God glory. Father, I thank you.
Holy Spirit, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just show up. You breathe your life upon us. Lord, if there's any wicked way inside of us, as David the psalmist prayed, if there's anything unclean, any deed that we're sitting on for our glory versus yours, illuminate that Holy Spirit. Let it be surrendered at the altar today. We give it to you. We lay it at your feet. It's too heavy to carry on your own. It's too heavy. Lay it at his feet. What Jesus is going to give you in exchange, oh, it will be. It will be plenty. But it won't weigh you down. It will free you. So, Father, we thank you for that, and we laid it down in Jesus' name. Amen.